Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I am here. This is your uh, host, Breezy. We are again in Studio Breezy, but again connected via the internet, trying out a new format to try to get some of this content out. This is going to be a really, really good episode. Matthew, I am really excited because we never had a podcast in the NPSL days. We started our podcast basically when we turned pro, more or less. So we didn't get to ever do a, a season preview of 30 new players-ish, uh, right? Like like we're doing here. This, uh, this preview is a lot of research. Uh, apologies in advance. If you're new listening to us, if you're coming to us for WPSL content, be patient with us. We promise we will do our very best, but we are still getting to know a lot of these players. Uh, if you are a player listening, sorry in advance. We are idiots, and our soccer analysis is uh, dubious at best. Um, if you're a parent, um, apologies. This podcast is done by fans, and there may be some uh, some language and some whatever else, but we're here to uh, promote the women's team and uh, review them just like we did the men's team. So here we go. Opening weekend this weekend. Matthew, we have each done our research. Uh, I say we start right at the top with head coach Randy Douglas and then the assistant coach Jasmine Marquez. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think we can uh, do it, do a justice to a, a women's preview pod without without immediately hitting head coach Randy Douglas. Yes, perfect. Starting with the the male head coach, but anyway, that is uh, that is the <laughs> yeah that is yeah, the well. order of the doc, and also he's he's in charge, right? He's the one who's re- who has um, recruited these these lovely players. He is the one putting together this team. He's the one giving the style on the field. So um, hopefully that is a winning style this weekend. Um, but yeah, Coach Randy. Uh, has deep Tennessee roots um, with attending the now defunct uh, that college, uh, Tennessee Temple, that sits a couple hundred yards, well, maybe about a mile, actually, probably from where I sit currently. Um, and then he uh, went down and started a soccer program, which I think is a pretty unique uh, thing, you know? Founding the women's soccer program or help being a part of the founding of the women's soccer program at Point College or Point University. Uh, they were NCAA D2. Um, they've been a couple different things. They are now NAIA. Um, yeah. Give me some uh, some things maybe that have struck you about Coach Randy. I know we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet uh, on the podcast. I have never spoken to him um, other than I think I shook his hand and said, how you doing? So, uh, yeah, would love to know your uh, your thoughts so far. I'll give I'll give a couple interesting factoids. One of them, uh, and this pertains also to to the men's head coach Rod Underwood. He has a Twitter. We have traditionally not had coaches on social media, yeah. And I think we had an assistant uh, for the NPSL team back in the day that was on that was on social media. But uh, I mean, he's he's on there and he's like you know doing stuff, and it is surreal uh, in many ways. Uh, but he's, he's out there. And so he's, he's kind of accountable to the fans directly, uh, which I think is interesting, not good or bad, just interesting. Uh, and the other thing I'll note is that he gave an interview with the, uh, folks from the four, two, three soccer podcast. Shout out. Very, very said, good. Epi- very, very good episode. If anyone hasn't listened, they should go listen. And, and said he wanted to play a possession style. And, uh, I guess I'm bringing that up to point out that, uh, in the at least in the first match, the match I got to see, uh, Breezy, you can t- you can talk about a little bit about the uh, the second match. It seemed like there were there was definitely a, a serious commitment to trying to build and, and and play you know on the ground, keep the ball 
uh, that kind of possess, you know, that kind of possession style. And I think, I think what you see is uh, possession styles take longer to, to really gel and, and, and start producing, producing magic and, the, the flip side and, and maybe one of the reasons why I holding my hand up love a good long ball and hate possession soccer in general uh, as, as like I hear, I feel the eyes coming across from missionary Ridge right now is, you know, when you, when you play in possession, you have to be able to connect those passes and early on, especially it's just tough because you don't know where everyone's going to be at any given time. That's the whole point. Uh, and you can make some mistakes doing that. And we did make some mistakes in that against Nashville, granted probably the best team in, in our conference this year. Uh, but what I, what I, what I liked is even after a half where we got kind of our faces beat in came right back out in the second half against Nashville and that commitment to playing our, our way, getting our players to understand that this is how we're playing. We're going to try some different combinations. We're going to try some different people in different places uh, but we are going to play this way. We are going to, over time, impose our will. Uh, this is how we play. And uh, I like I like that uh, he didn't immediately abandon after 45 minutes uh, kind of a, the way he wants to go about playing soccer. So I can tell you in the Birmingham game, um, and I'm not, I did not watch the Nashville game maybe as, close to, as you, closely as you did for tactics stuff. Um, I was beating a drum and yelling and, and doing other things. Um, not that you weren't. I'm just saying I think I was a little distracted. Uh, I think that in the Birmingham game, that first half, we really did keep the ball a lot more efficiently and a lot better. Uh, I said in, in our, our last podcast, breaking down those those two games, but I thought um, I thought Isabel really kept the ball. Make sure I'm, I'm getting uh, Isabel Aguilar. Right, I'm going to make sure I haven't... There's so many names on here. I want to make sure I don't mess up any... By the way, all anyone that's listening, I apologize in advance for all of my terrible pronunciations of all of these names. But yeah, Isabel, number seven. Um, I thought she was really, really dynamic, and I thought her and the the diff, slightly different midfield uh, really did keep the ball much, much more effectively. And we had larger spells of possession in the first half. Um, and I'd mentioned before that I the first half was, I thought, really good. Second half, we kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, I think some of that was... And experience some of that was just energy, and I don't know what the rest of it was. But uh, in that first half, I think we did commit to keeping the ball. I think in the second half we started going long, and you know, once you're down, you know, sometimes you kind of go with whatever desperation you can go with. Um, so I don't fault him for that at all. But I do find it very interesting that, like you said, he has the commitment to playing on the ground, uh, and I'll be interested to see if he sticks with that. If there really is a commitment to that, or if uh, yeah, how that works. In, in women's soccer, generally speaking, the speed of play is a little lower. That doesn't mean it has to be, but it oftentimes is. So if you can play possession soccer like Aaron Ridley did in the last year of the first iteration of CFC women we played possession soccer and it was very effective because you can really exploit space well if you let the ball do the most of the movement not the players do most of the movement so um, yeah I'm interested to see how that goes um, yeah and and I, I concur it's really weird having coaches on social media so I wonder if that will last or not but I guess they're they've both been on there for a while so I don't know We'll see. Uh, on to Jasmine Marquez, assistant coach and player. Matthew, that's a little bit of a interesting uh, arrangement. Assistant coach and player. Player coach is not the most common thing. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, because, obviously, we've hired a, a male head coach. Uh, and in doing so, there has to be there has to be a female in the room that's 
that's a leader that's responsible. Um, and, and, and we've got one, uh, she's a grad assistant at, at point, uh, where she played and where uh, as Randy well. coaches. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and, and she's the kind of player in the, in the role that she plays in the team in central midfield and, and sometimes the defense, um, her, her CV reads, uh, you, you want someone like that, that kind of player is a natural leader. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited. Uh, if she can contribute on the field, that's fantastic. Uh, I think her role is probably more importantly uh, off the field, but I don't, I, I just don't know. I don't, you know, we don't have a window into the team dynamics at this point in time. Uh, but she has, she has experience in the WPSL previously. Uh, I believe she's from the, the Savannah, Georgia area. And, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what she brings. We'll see what she brings to the table. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, I'm really interested to see, um, if she's still got it and because she didn't, uh, I think last year was her first year away from the playing field as a grad assistant. Um, if I've read, if I've read things correctly. So like you said, one of the few players on this roster with experience, at least that I can tell And the WPSL has pretty shitty records. So it's hard to tell what players have played in the WPSL or not. But I, uh, I wrote down in my notes, and I think you did as well in yours. Uh, whenever we found a player that played in the WPSL that we could tell did. Uh, and I'm, I am interested to see if she brings that experience and, and brings that level similar to Anna Lanter, you know, captain who we'll get to in a little bit um, brings that experience and, and you can see that or, you know, if like a lot of players, as she gets older and moves into more of a coaching role, maybe her, that uh, maybe that pl- level of play isn't quite as high. But I thought you know she's looked decent so far, in, in when she's played, and it was really cool that she was in the Chattahoolian section in section 109 for the entire game, banging a drum in the men's game this last weekend. So shout out Jasmine, you're awesome, and uh, yeah, I'm excited that uh, like you said, I'm exci- really excited. There's a female assistant. Um, you know, that's no shade to Randy, but I would have preferred a uh, female head coach. And if you don't know why, um, besides just Google, the, just, just Google go- the NWSL. Yeah, just Google. And it, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened in, in women's soccer. And, and you know, it, it's not just that. Right. But like it's it's a lot of that, you know, protecting young ladies. However, you know, I, I'm comfortable with Randy and I'm glad that we have Jasmine as a, as a leader there and on the coaching staff and, you know that's kind of the next best thing, right? So excited for, uh, for that, that coaching staff in the future. And I'll be interested to see how many minutes she plays versus how many minutes she coaches. Obviously she's coaching during the week, but is she coaching, you know, is she coaching on the bench? Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. It's a little bit like Richard Dixon, right? We see Richard Dixon when he's not playing, when he's injured. Uh, we know you and I both noticed in Baltimore, he was flown in to be, uh-huh. uh, or, or drove in. Sorry, I think he took a bus, but he was brought in and he was coaching from the bench the whole time. Um, we've seen Juan Hernandez do that before, you know, as leaders doing some coaching as well. Oh, hello, kitties making their first appearance on the podcast. Uh, so I I do find it interesting and I'll be interesting to see how she, um, how she balances that, uh, that coaching and playing role. All right. So goalkeepers, I did all three of these. So we divided things up here. Um, yeah, again, apologies if I get any of these wrong, if the internet lied to me or if I'm an idiot and you're a player, you're welcome to tell me. And also if you're a player, what are you doing? Listening to this? Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Um, Caroline Johnson, our first goalkeeper. And by first, I mean first on the list. Um, she comes from Reinhardt. She is five foot nine. I thought listing heights was interesting for some of these players. It's not available for all players, but especially for goalkeepers. 
Um, one of the differences in the uh, in the women's game is that sometimes your goalkeeper is a little shorter, and your men's goalkeepers, you know, a tall goalkeeper is six foot five, a short goalkeeper is five nine, five ten. The men, our men's team has a really short goalkeeper currently, who's five. Crazy. I was I was gonna say, uh, our, I think our, our goalkeepers are the same height. So yeah, 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 probably, <laughs> probably. So Caroline is uh, five foot nine. She was also in the Chattahoolian section, banging a drum and hanging out all game. Shout out, shout out, awesome time. Thank you. Uh, can't wait to see you guys this weekend again. Uh, she started uh, 20 games. Um, she's from Georgia. Well, I think that's why I wrote GA there. Uh, she started 20 games uh, this season. She's a three-year starter. They were eliminated in the NAIA tourney. That was Reinhardt uh, to the number one seed this year in the tournament. So they did not go out early. They were a very good team. She's a senior and she is 22 years old. So um, experienced goalkeeper. All three of our goalkeepers are pretty experienced um, and I'm very excited to see that. I think, um, in general, I want on my teams, the goalkeeper to be a, an older, more experienced, more balanced player. And that, uh, that, that part makes me excited. So Caroline, welcome to Chattanooga, uh, Abby Sadler. Welcome back home. Abby Sadler, uh, longtime CFC women's fans will remember that Abby Sadler played at Chattanooga football club when she was in high school. She played, um, as a keeper, she actually got minutes while in high school. Then she went to Arkansas, and I think she got minutes in Arkansas as well. I could be, I know she was on the team when she was in high school. I might be stretching it to say she got minutes. I'd have to go back and look. I think she did, though. Either way, she's an experienced goalkeeper. Uh, she went to Arkansas, then came back to UTC. Uh, she has played, she played 18 games, 18 starts in, in 20 games total uh, this year. She has five foot eight. Um, she played a lot of friendlies this spring because they did not play a spring season. And in the fall, they lost in the SoCon quarterfinals. Uh, the mocks were not great this year. Um, and the reason that matters to me, NCAA D1, that's good. Um, not great this year. That means she faced a lot of shots. And right now we are giving up a lot of shots. So uh, I will look at the bright side and say if, you, uh, if you're playing, if you on a team that's playing uh, not so well and facing a lot of shots, uh, that means you're probably coming in pretty ready. So I, I was really happy to see her come back. Welcome back, Abby. Um, welcome back home. Glad to see that you've uh, that you've made your way back to CFC Women. And you know, let's go. Lucy Sandhoff is our third keeper. Um, at least it's on my list. I believe there's an, an extra honorable mention here at the end, possibly. Um, she goes to Covenant. She went to uh, Chattanooga Christian. I believe your Shut alma up. mater, Matthew. Uh, in right. high school, she is five foot seven. So we have five nine, five eight, and five seven. Uh, all pretty good heights. Uh, if you, if anyone remembers Cosette Morche, she was like six foot, six foot or six foot two. Um, that's the tallest keeper. Daniel Karizniak was like six foot tall, I think. And then most of our other keepers have been like five eight. So decent size for keepers. Um, and we'll take that. She start Lucy started twenty one games in the NCAA Division three, which is where Covenant plays. Uh, they were pretty good. They made the tourney. They lost in the tournament, uh, but their record was was quite good. Um, so I don't I I don't know the difference in women's soccer between NCAA D three, NAIA, and Division one. I. I do know Division one uh, and NAIA are kind of your top two, with you know theoretically D two and D three coming after that. But I'm I'm not sure I know. Uh, women's soccer, how strong it is through the divisions. Matthew, do you have any idea? Uh, I don't know as, I don't know as much about the women's game in general, but I do the men's game. Uh, so I, I don't want to stand here and, and act like I do. Uh, but I'm going to guess that the differences are a little bit more pronounced than on the men's side. The men's side has had a, a heavy degree of international players coming in 
um, for years and years and years to play to get a scholarship for soccer. Oftentimes at some of these, you know, NAIA schools, uh, there's an established history of doing that. And I don't know if the women's game uh, has had as much of that. Well, Although though the American game produces a lot more female players uh, than than the men's game does, just in general with with opportunities in Title IX and stuff like that. I was just so gonna, it's really hard to know. I was just going to say, if I had to take a guess, and this is totally a guess, I would guess because there's more talent on the women's side coming out of the U.S., I would guess that the, the differences are probably less, just like you said. But I don't know. Either way, we have three keepers that are experienced, um, that have played... Uh, quite a few games, both this year and in previous years, for their for their teams, and uh, yeah, Lucy was on the bench uh, this last week. She's the only goalkeeper to not feature so far. Abby started game one against Nashville, and Caroline started game two, uh, and Abby was not even on the bench for game two. So I don't know if that's injury, if that's not available, if she didn't make the bench. I don't know how things are going, but uh, just adding those couple things in there. Matthew, moving on to defenders. Yeah, I just right before I do that, I want I want to point out something. Uh, Oh, that's, we have to go back to our days in the NPSL and, and truly like 2018 and prior, like sometimes, sometimes like our guys, like just a guy would not make the bench for whatever reason. You got to remember this is a summer amateur league. So like they might have a wedding commitment to go to, they might have some work thing going on. You just never really know. And, um, it could, it could be a lot of reasons. Like this isn't a professional sport for them. Uh, this isn't even their college team. Yeah. So, that's an uh, extremely good point. Uh, just something for us to keep in mind uh, now that we're, we've been used to several years of the men's professional game. Also, I, right, think, so, I think it, I think it bears note uh, noting here as well, Caroline. So I don't we don't know I don't know maybe you know exactly how many spots of player housing we have um, or how many we used. I don't know how many were available. Uh, I know this team has a heavy local focus. Um, Coach Randy Douglas is not from far from here. Obviously, he has the the roots here, but he goes he coaches you know two between two and three hours away from here. So they picked a lot similar to the old days of CFC a uh, of the CFC men's team. Excuse me, they picked a lot of very local players, and I don't know if that was because. I'm sure that some of that was on purpose. So you had people sleeping at home, people that maybe were comfortable living with their families and, you know, that didn't have to travel as far. And I, and I, I'm guessing there are some players here um, who might be in team housing that could be local as well. I don't know. But the point being is uh, I think it's interesting to note Caroline Johnson from Reinhardt. As far as I can tell, she has no deep connections to Chattanooga. She is probably in team housing. I expect that Abby Sadler having gone to UTC and gone to UT, um, high school and Lucy going to covenant and then Chattanooga Christian are probably both uh, living at home. So um, that would mean, and, and this is a total guess on my part, but when you're looking on who you might expect to start, if you bring in a goalkeeper uh, from out of town and you put them in team housing, it's a good chance that they're supposed to be competing for a, uh, for a spot. And there's a good chance they would be the expected starter. No guarantees there, but just throwing that out there. Yeah. It's just, you know, we don't, we don't really have, a lot of the answers on that front at this point in time. So maybe at some point we'll, we'll get further into that. Uh, let's move to defenders now. And we're going to list defenders, I believe based on how the, the CFC website gonna, lists them. We're going to go with how the CFC website lists them. And also the C number one, I think we've been playing nine defender people listed as defenders and they're not playing <laughs> as defenders. Um, our best offensive player was definitely listed as a defender and was not. Um, that was Isabel who I've mentioned 5 million times. Uh, and, or that's and that was my feelings on that, obviously. But I think that what you're seeing is the same thing we've seen on the men's professional side and the men's amateur side. 
that it matters where the coach thinks you're supposed to play, not where you're actually going to play or where you've played in the past because the coach may see you as one thing or they may list you as one thing. You may play a totally different position. So if we've listed you as a defender here, that doesn't mean we think that they have to be a defender, but we are going with how CFC listed them. And then if we note that they played somewhere else or we expect them to play somewhere else, obviously we will note that. But uh, we're going with CFC's website, which is historically extremely unreliable for positions. <laughs> Well, okay, shots fired. I mean, it just, uh, is, it just is what it is. Let's let's start out with uh, a player that, that played significantly in the first two matches of the season. Uh, that's Avery Catlett. She's from Knoxville, Tennessee, originally. Uh, rising junior at uh, UTC, 5'9 center back. Uh, she's played 42 matches in her collegiate career at this point. And you mentioned uh, when it came to Abby Sadler how the mocks weren't great this year. I will note that Avery was a part of, uh, and, and, and Abby was as well, I believe, uh, a part of a really good defense, uh, at least in SOCON play in the 2020 season, which I believe took place in 2021, in the, uh, Interesting. the spring so, of 2021. So I, what I read they, might they have played, been... They played a lot more, they played a lot more of a uh, kind of a truncated, not full schedule, more of a SOCON-focused schedule. And they had, they had, I think they finished third in SOCON that year with a really, really good, good, good defense. And Avery was a big, big part of it, too. Interesting. So what I read may have been the fall season as opposed it, to the spring what season. You, what you read was fall 2021. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes not, sense. Not spring 2021. Hey, I love this. And I, I will say that Avery to, in, Avery Catlett, in, to me stood out uh, in both games. We talked about this in the other pod, but um, I thought she stood out for a lot of plays in that second half in Nashville to keep that score as close as it was. And it wasn't particularly close. So she made a lot of really good plays. I felt like, and she was moved into the midfield for a large portion of the game and, uh, in that Birmingham game. And I thought, uh, again, I think she sticks out as a really, really good player. And I think she's one of those players that at least in the first two games that I've seen that I think will be on the field the vast majority of the time, just because she is, uh, she just sticks out as a very, very good player and a, a really good playmaker. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Adi Gamash. Uh, she's originally from, or at least graduated from Lookout Mountain. Uh, CCS kid, shout out. Uh, she's a rising sophomore at Covenant College. Uh, now, she's listed as a midfielder and started at the six uh, in Birmingham after not, I don't believe, playing in the, um, in the opening match, or at least not starting in the opening match. Uh, she played 16 matches as a freshman for Covenant, with nine of those being starts. It's a lot of minutes uh, as a freshman. Yeah, uh, and, and we noted that Covenant was a pretty decent team, too. Um, so that's, that's another, another player um, listed as a defender but played in midfield. Uh, I suspect we'll see a little bit of that. Uh, like we've mentioned, uh, we can turn our attention to Lauren Wright, who uh, just graduated to high school. Uh, she was a four-year starter there, uh, earned the team's golden ball for most points scored. It was named co-MVP of that team. And it looks like she's headed to Dalton state in the fall for her freshman year. Dalton state, a, uh, a pro- pretty prolific NAIA program on the men's and women's side. I don't know the women's yeah. side as well, but they have some other players on this roster who have done some good things. And I know at least last uh, last season, I believe they were pretty competitive. Um, I'd have to. I don't know how far they made it. I should look that up. But yeah, that's a good school to go to. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Breezy, do you want to handle this uh, this next stretch of defenders? Uh, yes, and I also want to point out uh, of those three players, I'm guessing that Avery might be in housing. She could also be here for the summer studying. She could also be in UTC housing still, but from Knoxville. So there's a good chance she is uh, either living on her own already here or in team housing uh, with Addie and Lauren, probably um, 
living at home. So if you just go with my logic from before and doesn't have to be perfect, uh, Avery Catlett's probably an expected starter uh, just based on having brought her in. Um, Maddie Avery. Uh, Maddie's interesting. So we have uh, Maddie Avery and Avery Catlett. We will not get those confused at all. Uh, <laughs> Maddie Avery is also a center back. She went to Signal Mountain High School. And the thing that's interesting about her that she sticks out on the field is she is six foot tall. Um, she is a very good athlete. She started uh, the first game at Nashville alongside of Avery Catlett. So you had Maddie Avery and Avery Catlett starting next to each other, which was awesome um, to try to figure out who was who. Uh, now I now I have it down, but you know it was to so many Averys that first game. Um, she's headed to Maryville in the fall. Uh, she is just graduated high school and is going as a freshman. So that is exciting. She is very young. Uh, she played quite a few minutes to end the game in Birmingham. She did not start in that one. And I thought she really stuck out on the right side of, uh, of the defense there. So she was a um, playing the right side of a three in the back. And I thought she looked uh, really good, especially athletically. She's big, she's tall, she's strong, and she can cover ground. So that's, uh, that's a very good sign. And she's a player that should improve. Um, she's not definitely not going to be a finished product as a freshman, uh, in college. So, um, yeah, I guess she must be local as well. Signal mountain high school, uh, Caitlin Caminiti, by the way, uh, if you're a senior in high school, it's pretty hard to internet sleuth and find <laughs> details about your high school career. Uh, I had trouble doing the, some of these, uh, Caitlin Caminiti, she's five foot three. I thought there was a big difference between, uh, her and, uh, the, and Maddie. Um, She's a defender, but she has not played defender for us at all. Um, she They won a national championship in the NAIA at UT Southern. I thought that was really cool. And she's a junior uh, or is about to be a senior. I am not sure on that. I should have done better research there. Um, but she, they, she's won an NAIA title. UT Southern is not terribly far away, but I would expect that she is also in team housing and brought in. And she is a Let's see. I think she started both of the first two games. She started game one. She, yeah, she started both of the both games on the left side of that four two three one. I expect that we'll see her playing a lot. I do find it's very interesting that we have a defender um, listed both in college and on um, CFC's website, and that she is playing midfielder um, and attacking midfielder at that winger. But yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm excited that she's here. Uh, Anna Lanter, captain. Welcome back, Anna. I'm going to do a little round of applause for Captain Anna Lanter. Um, senior at Lee, a fifth-year senior, so she just is gra- uh, has graduated or is, I think graduations are over. If she hasn't graduated, she'll be graduating next week or something. Uh, she is five foot four and a central defender, so she's a little undersized compared to a lot of central defenders. Uh, I think that's probably why she's been playing right back. Uh, she was a 2021 All-South Region second team and a Gulf State Conference uh, that is, is that Gulf State Conference, GSC? Gulf South. Gulf South, that makes more sense. Gulf South, GSC All-Tournament team. Uh, obviously a former CFC women's player who has returned. Um, she really brings a level of intensity that I remember very, very well from her days uh, here before, and it is so, so good to see her back. I cannot wait to see um, more sliding tackles. She had a sliding tackle in the uh, Birmingham game that you missed, man, that was just chef's kiss it was so good that that other player had no idea what was happening and uh got absolutely owned thought she had a, a full step on anna and anna was like nope so it was good it was good stuff so excited to see anna lanter back i believe uh other than goalkeepers she might be the only player who has not subbed out in any game that i have noticed there may be a couple maybe a player or two that hasn't but to my knowledge she has not subbed out so far um and great to see her back next up anna silva Great story. 
um, protagonist just did a piece and protagonists will get slandered on this podcast a lot because they are very bad at a lot of things, but their analysis was not dubious on Anna Silva. They did a lovely, lovely piece talking about her. Um, I read it for trying to put together this. And it was very, very good. She was among the first players in the CFC Academy ever. Um, that first group of CFC Academy players uh, in the early 2010s um, when the CFC Academy was formed and came together. Uh, she is a CFC fan. She's been going to men's games for a long time, and I assume at women's games uh, too, but I don't think she mentioned that part. But when she was, as she's grown up at CFC Academy, she is normally a right back. Um, we have pictures of her as a uh, walkout kid, and I will also mention she played what looked like left center back uh, at the end of that last game, which was very fun. And her left foot Randy. looks to be... Her very uh, her left foot looks to be very good, and so I expect that if you can play uh, on the left or the right and, uh, and and be competent in both places, you're gonna play some minutes. Randy be wild. Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Wild. Uh, next up, we have Nathalie Polly Villalobos. So uh, a little bit famous in in maybe some of our circles for having her name misspelled on her announcement. Sorry, Polly, you're the best. Uh, they're stupid. Whoever put that together and can't spell your name. Um, Puerto Rican national team player, uh, very fun there. Defender slash midfielder, um, according to what I read. I have only seen her play left back. She has played most of the minutes at left back. Uh, she She's another player who may not have subbed out at all. I think she may have come out um, for one quick period, but not much. She played. She started both games and has been um, just a, a stalwart at that left back position so far. And I expect we will see her play a lot of minutes there. Uh, left footers are hard to find and experienced players are hard to find. And she's a senior at Point University. She played for Randy Douglas. And uh, yeah, she's she brings, a I think, a level of security for Randy and, and Jasmine in a player they know and they've played with. Uh, and they've also coached for a while. So um, yeah, that's the defenders. And looking at those defenders... Um, and I mentioned the three uh, of Matthew of Matthews that were pr- two that were probably local, and Avery that was probably brought in in team housing. Um, in this one, at lo- I'm guessing Caitlin Caminiti was probably brought in uh, in team housing, and I expect that uh, Polly was also brought in. So you would expect that you know Caitlin and Polly, who you've coincidentally seen play a lot of minutes, are probably both players I would expect to see play a lot of minutes, or at least to be expected to play a lot of minutes uh, because they were brought in. Um, and that's a, it's a big commitment. All right, Matthew midfielders. You want me to go first? Yeah. So so let's, let's start out here with, uh, with Isabel Aguilar, uh, three-year player so far at Montreat college, uh, in the mountains of North Carolina. She's originally from Frostproof, Florida. Okay. There's no way that's a real place. I mean, for all of Florida is frostproof. I feel like first of all, I am, I am looking up. Uh, I've got the Montreat College women's soccer uh, roster page up right now, and it says Frostproof, one word, Florida. Frostproof High School, shout out. That is such a wild name for a city and is very, very Florida. But hell yeah. I, I, hope, I, hope, that the, uh, I hope that they're the fighting, the fighting uh, ice bears or something. I hope they sing the Frozen theme song when they uh, do their pep rallies. Now that'd be good. Uh, so she's in, in 42 matches in her collegiate career. She's made 41 starts, uh, 12 goals, 13 assists seems to be mostly an attacking midfielder based on how CFC is using her. Uh, I think she started one game at the 10. She started one game at the seven. Uh, but that's not actually the most interesting part about Isabel Aguilar that I discovered. She spent the 
spring of 2020 competing at the Moncrete, uh, the Moncrete College women's track and field team. Interesting. Do we know what um, what distances she ran or events she did? If uh, yeah, I don't know much about why, track and field. Why? Why? Yes, we do. Uh, seems like she competed in everything from the. Uh, I think there's a 400 in here. There's a 500. That's probably indoors. Um, in fact, it might have actually. It might have might have just been indoors. Shouldn't um, all of these be indoors? It's fucking Florida. <laughs> it's too uh, hot. No, Mon- Montreat's in the mount- mountains of North Carolina, my friend. Oh. It's a I, lovely place. I, oh, I, I put Frostproof Florida and Montreat together and, and I just assumed that they no. were... Uh, oh, no. my bad. So Montreat's, in, Montreat's where? North Carolina? In North Carolina, yeah. Also, still hot. Still hot. But <laughs> not probably, mountains, it's not. probably not Frostproof. Yeah, it looks like, uh, it looks like everything's between uh, January and uh, kind of mid to end of February 2020. So that's probably indoor, indoor track. So like 400, 500, 600, 800... Uh, she's got listed down as, as a mile here as well as one of her events. So I'm going to guess just some, uh, just, just doing a little, just doing a little extra, um, for, for some conditioning and, and whatever else, um, uh, not terribly uncommon in, in the NAIA level. I don't think. Hell yeah. Number one, multi-sport athlete. Let's fucking go. Number two, like if you're going to have a pick a second sport for a, a soccer player to play, don't you want it to be like track and field? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Let's yeah. go. especially, especially, you know, getting ready for getting ready for the, the spring season, um, the usually non-competitive spring season, but obviously, uh, that all, uh, things started happening in, uh, in, in February of 2020. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. So, uh, I imagine the, if there were plans for outdoor track in the spring versus, uh, versus soccer, uh, spring soccer, I think they all got shelved with the, uh, with the arrival of the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, next, next we're going to move to uh, Ciara Bull. Uh, she's English, uh, played in the Stoke City Academy, uh, but her favorite team is Sunderland. Uh, so I imagine she's pretty stacked uh, for the, um, uh, pretty stoked, excuse me, for the, uh, for the rise of Sunderland back to the championship. Boo. <laughs> By the way, I think I might've just wrote Isabel's song to go back to Isabel for a second. Isabel, Isabel. Then follow some frozen theme after that. Yeah. That <laughs> All should, right. That should make you happy. Um, All right. I'm in. I'm in. Sorry. Sorry. Love sorry. It. Sorry, Sierra. Uh, our first foreign player. Yeah, our first, an English, an English player. Uh, interesting. It's, you know, in the old MPSL days, in the amateur days, we had a lot of men's players that were uh, of foreign descent. And I feel like we had a lot of CFC women's players. Not a lot, but I have more CFC women's players in the past that were. Um, maybe from England or, or yeah, it was mostly England, I should say. But interesting, this is the first where, you know, oh, how many players in are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. This is the twelfth player on the list, and first uh, first player that's actually uh, been brought in from abroad. So that's interesting. I think there's definitely a, a push to with whatever. I mean, it could just be the player pool, right? Like we have mostly domestic players. Uh, potentially in, in the player pool we were looking at at that stage in, in, in the off season. So could just be what, whatever we have. Uh, I will note uh, Sierra had five goals and four assists in 35 matches so far. That's in her entire career uh, at the college level split between middle Georgia state university and then Southeastern university. And she'll be a senior uh, this fall. Okay. 
All right. She has not featured yet for CFC. She was a late scratch in that first game. Um, and so it's when Vanessa Lara came in right after that to start for her. We haven't got to Vanessa yet. Um, but very interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, that's, I'll be honest, it's not a super, um, like, stunning resume for, you know, four or five goals, four assists. Don't know where she was playing. If she's a holding midfielder. That's a good haul. If, it, you know, if she's an attacking midfielder, it's not. I'll, I'll, I'll point that uh, she was supposed to start for us as one of the holding midfielders. So, yep. But I'm just saying I'm very interested to see, uh, you know, when you, when you keep a player here um, that doesn't, I mean, maybe she's more local than I realize, but when you, when you, when you have a player here and you keep them here over the summer and you put them in team housing, like, it's just interesting. I, I want to see what she brings to the table, and I, I hope that she is not hurt. I hope that it was just you know a mi- maybe a minor something that caused the uh, the the late scratch, and hopefully she'll be back soon. Next up, we have Kaylee Carpenter, five uh, four winger from uh, Ringgold Heritage High School. Uh, she's at Dalton State uh, with five goals and six assists in fifty five matches. Uh, and I'm now trying to for, uh, remember if she was a, a junior or a senior uh, going up in the fall. It's very it's hard these days because of the COVID the COVID free year. It's really yeah, it's really hard. Players, players yeah. are able just to like stay an extra year if they want to. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's totally some do and some do and some don't. And it's hard to know uh, what they've decided to do. Uh, yet another player from Dalton State. Um, right after her is uh, Rocio Carrizales. Uh, she's listed as 5'3", midfielder and defender. Uh, uh, she went to Dalton High School and in her, uh, in her career at Dalton State with 70 matches, uh, she has three goals and seven assists. And I believe, I don't, I don't believe he, uh, I don't believe she featured much in the, uh, in the first game against Nashville, but she was listed as the, uh, the starting left center back against, uh, against uh, Alabama FC or FC Alabama or whatever in Birmingham. In that second match, so be interesting to see what uh if if she gets some more playing time, if if, if we shake the lineup up a little bit more, uh, with a little bit more than a week to prepare, who knows? Uh, but let's round out the the uh, the third straight Dalton State player. It's Reina Flores. Uh, she's a rising junior, five foot six inches from Manchester, Tennessee. Uh, she did not have any goals or assists uh, in, in 24 matches so far at Dalton State. Um, I'm not exactly sure what kind of, what kind of player she is. I haven't really been able to ascertain. Uh, and I don't remember seeing much of her so far. Um, so yet another player that we haven't seen a ton of, don't know a ton about, uh, which is, I feel like, a pretty common theme for this podcast today. Uh, Breezy, how about you take us through the next, the next four or so? All right, so Hannah Ford, uh, Baylor product. Um, that's the high school here, not the university. Uh, she's going to Covenant, and she is a college freshman. It doesn't look like, to me, I believe she committed on the on 26th of April is what I saw from an article, so it looks like she will be a college freshman. I could not find much information about her as a player. Um, she's the kind of player that, in the past, on the men's side, and I'm guessing on the women's side too, but I remember from the men's side for sure. We saw a lot in the NPSL days of players that were young players that were local that were brought in to be numbers uh, in in practice and occasionally did get minutes and occasionally played, but also that's not the kind of player, you know, a freshman that has is going to be a freshman uh, that's you're going to count on necessarily when you're doing a preview to play a lot of minutes. So interesting to see her on the team. Glad to see local girls getting a chance to you know, train with the team and, and maybe make an impact on the field. But also, you know, I, I wouldn't expect uh, at her age and 
that she's going to be a, a main contributor, but we'll see. Um, I don't have a lot of information about her, so because, um, like I said, the internet and high school players is difficult. So very interested to see uh, if she does make an impact uh, where she does that. Uh, Vanessa Lara is our next, or Vanessa Lara. Sorry, Vanessa, if I have pronounced that poorly. Um, and I listed her name twice here just to make sure I uh, didn't mess that up. Um, she is a midfielder. Um, she also went to Point University. I believe she also came out of that Northwest uh, Whitfield uh, County School. I believe that's where Amanda uh, Amanda just retired from coaching. Um, sorry if I got that wrong. But either way, she, my understanding, she played for Amanda. Um, Point University for Randy. Uh, she's from Dalton. She's 23 years old. And, you know, she started in that. She was the, uh, the fill-in in that second game, or that first game, excuse me, when uh, Sierra came out. Um, Sierra Bowl came out, number 10. And also, Sierra Bowl's wearing number 10. That's another thing that makes me interested in how good she is. Because, you know, we're the number 10. Um, but it was Vanessa that ended up as the other starting player in that next game. So, or and the, as a sub in, excuse me, there for to start. So, um, I think we'll see her play quite a bit uh, just based on her having played at Point University. Uh, Randy's going to know exactly what to expect. Jasmine's going to know exactly what to expect. So, um, yeah, very, very interested to see kind of what she is as a player. I wish there was more highlights, and I don't know if recruiting is just different for for player for female players as opposed to men's play or male players. But I don't know. Usually, like for a lot of uh, men's players, you can find uh, uh, highlights out there. But I did not find highlights for many of these players. And that would have been fun. I'm I'm wondering if this is just pure speculation out loud, but I'm wondering if the lack of opportunities at the professional level for women. Probably uh, for women's soccer players in, in this country uh, means that a lot of players just don't even like, they don't even think about it. Like there are probably fewer, I'm going to guess there are probably fewer agencies uh, that can help with video and things like that and clipping, clipping highlights and, and putting them together and packaging them uh, compared, compared to the men's game. Uh, that's just my speculation. Yeah. Good point. Great point. I, I think I agree with that. That makes perfect sense. I don't know if it's true, but that makes perfect sense to me. Um, after that, Jasmine Marquez, who we've already spoke about, assistant coach. Um, again, let's just remind everyone she's a midfielder slash defender. Uh, we have her listed as a midfielder here. She is from Savannah, uh, wore the number 10 in college, which I think is interesting when players wear the number 10. Usually they're a, a playmaker. Um, two-year captain uh, at, a, at at point, and that, that means something. And then obviously she's played in the WPSL. She brings some good uh, good experience there. Um, but that was 18 and 19. So, and I think they canceled the season in tw- 19 or Correct. 20 and 21. So who knows if she would have played in those. And last but not least to round out the midfielders, Sierra. And I hope I'm saying this right. Cece Rutin. So um, Sierra, first of all, goes by either CC or Cece is S E S E. If I'm getting that wrong, you know, I'm stupid, but I've, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it written that way. That is her nickname. She is a senior midfielder, defensive midfielder from Reinhardt. Uh, you can kind of see this team has quite a few um, Dalton State players and quite a few Reinhardt players, which I think is great. I think there's some nice chemistry there when you bring in um, a little bit like, you know, we talked about on the men's team this year when we brought in players from Stumptown, players from CFC. I think when you have a little bit of a core from two different places that have played together, I think that's great. So I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, Cese has started in both games. Uh, as a defensive midfielder, she has played a lot of minutes. Uh, I believe she wears the number eight. Let me make sure. Yep, she wears the number eight. And you'll see her play a lot in the center of the midfield. She plays one of the sixes. Uh, and she stays pretty um, 
uh, pretty disciplined at that sixth position. You know, you know, kind of that Richard Dixon cleanup type of thing that we always talk about on the men's side. She does that on the women's side. However, the interesting thing to me is that she had seven goals and two assists. So for someone that stays back, a player that play has played, you know, pretty deep and not gotten forward a ton, at least in these first two games, uh, she obviously can get forward with seven goals and two assists last year. So I'll be very interested to see um, how she progresses uh, going forward. Might also might also be one of the the midfielders, uh, the deeper midfielders that's allowed to join the attack late. Uh, I'd be, I'd be curious to watch a little bit more and see how, how that part uh, develops and see if, see if we're right about that. Absolutely. So uh, as players that we, we think of and brought in and are in team housing, Isabel Aguilar, um, Sierra bowl, um, Kaylee, Rocio and Reina are probably all local. Um, not for sure. I mean, those three are at Dalton state, but um you know, I would imagine they're either currently living in Dalton or Dalton. Or I guess Raina's actually from Manchester. She could be living in Manchester, but it's only about an hour away. So my guess is she's also local. Um, and then Hannah Ford, almost certainly local, going to Baylor and then going to Covenant. Um, but and Vanessa is probably also local, being from Dalton. Um, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, she could also be in team housing. But then Jasmine, almost certainly in team housing, and then uh, Sierra, uh, Sierra from uh, from Reinhardt say say. Um, also in team housing. So uh, these are assumptions on my part, but just players that we expect to play a lot of minutes, say, say Jasmine, um, Sierra and, uh, and Isabel almost certainly, but we have seen, um, you, you mentioned, um, Rocio playing as a, as a defender listed as a midfielder. She played pretty much the entire game uh, against Birmingham. So, um, you know, she may be a player that plays a lot of minutes for us this season. All right, Matthew forwards. Yeah. So we got a, a little batch of forwards here. Uh, let's start out with one of the other Averys on this team, Alexa Avery, uh, 5'8 forward, rising sophomore at Virginia Military Institute. Uh, she played five matches in her freshman year uh, with one assist. She's originally from Canton, Georgia. Um, you've got uh, Beata Chaco, 5'5 uh, forward from Zimbabwe, uh, another, another foreign player. Uh, she's a rising sophomore uh, her first season in, in college. She had two goals and an assist uh, in 10 matches for uh, Bruton Parker College in Georgia. And uh, I believe she spent some time with the Zimbabwe U-20 national team. Ooh, I like that. All right. Another national team, some national team experience. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, next up, you've got uh, Damaris Gaines, a 5'6 forward from Lilburn, Georgia. Uh, in uh uh, she's a rising sophomore, and in her freshman year, she had seven goals and four assists in 19 matches for the University of South Carolina, Beaufort. Shout out Chris Beaufort. Barr. Beaufort. Beaufort. I don't know if that's right. I'm just saying it like it's spelled. <laughs> uh, she is transferring to Georgia Gwinnett College uh, in, in the fall. Interesting. I did not realize she was so young. Uh, that's very interesting. I thought she was, so, for some reason, I thought she was a senior. So I did not do the research. Obviously, you did the research on this set of players. But when I, uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. She's played quite yeah. a few minutes uh, as a sub in both games. Next up, we've got uh, Jacqueline Montez, uh, also known as Jackie uh, on from Montreat. Uh, she's played there for two years now. Uh, she's originally from Fort Meade, Florida. And uh, She's, this is an interesting, interesting stat line. She's got 30 goals and 12 assists in 29 matches for Montreat uh, for that NAIA program. So a uh, decent player, obviously, you know, that makes another Montreat player that we've got. And then routing out this batch for me is Brianna Hurtado, who uh, is 
uh, was a high school senior at Southwest Whitfield in, in North Georgia, 17 goals and eight assists in 21 matches in 2022, her high school senior year. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Max Preps, for providing me some statistics. Uh, back to Max Preps. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you can to get the, uh, oh, let's get the info. That's where I got a lot um, of information as well. Yeah. She's, uh, she's signed to play at Dalton state in the fall. Very interesting. So I will mention those, uh, those last two players. Um, I, I, we have not seen, we saw Jackie play a bit and we've seen, I don't know if we've seen Brianna yet. Uh, we've seen, I I, we I've seen Jackie quite a bit play. Um, she plays, she wears the number nine. Let me double check and make sure that's correct. She wears the number nine. Yeah. yeah. So I saw her play quite a bit. I thought she looked very dangerous. Have not seen her score yet. Um, but what I do think is very interesting is this, these first two games, we have not been particularly uh, prolific in front of goal yet. But we do have some attackers with some scoring chops, at least at the college level, the collegiate level. And I'm, I'm hoping they, um, that is a, a omen for the future as things progress and as, the, as they get better um, acquainted with one another, as they get better chemistry built, uh, that we can start seeing some more goals scored. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, Brianna's coming out of high school so i get it that maybe this is a, a big step up for her but uh you know jackie with 30 goals and 12 assists and 29 matches that's a very good college um record and the naia is no uh it's the naia right Montreat? Mm-hmm. yeah that, that is no slouch i don't know what their conference looks like but no slouch of a division um on to my the forwards that i was also uh tasked with researching caitlin newsome welcome back caitlin uh, one of the founders, founding people from the foundation, one of the people who is, has been involved from the beginning of the of the CFC Foundation with Chattanooga Sports Ministries and the neighborhood coaching, and and she's just um, an absolute pillar of the Chattanooga Football Club community and, and and the Chattanooga community. We are so lucky that she is back playing. Uh, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I will say it again: going straight from scoring against me on Tuesday nights to scoring. Uh, or playing, I should say, in uh, for Chattanooga Football Club is awesome, and I feel very honored that I get to play. I got to play against her. She went to Covenant. She graduated in 2013. Uh, she still plays regularly at HBC. Um, she's the director of Chattanooga Sports Ministries, um, and yeah, it is just really, really cool that she has chosen to come do that really hard work of making a team. She's played uh, for Chattanooga Football Club before. Um, she played in the first iteration of the women's team, but to see her back uh, made me really, really happy. And being nine years now, it looks like 2013 and now it's nine years out of college and wanting to come back and, and working hard and making the team. And she started the first two games. Um, you know, that's, that's awesome. And I think that that is a real commitment to being uh, a badass. And, and yeah, Caitlin Newsom, you're a badass. That's awesome. Uh, May Pierce, about to be a sophomore at Covenant. Uh, she had five goals and six assists in 16 games. That's a very decent uh, total there. Um, I don't believe she has featured thus far. I could be wrong. She, she definitely has. She was a sub, uh, made multiple substitutes, uh, multiple substitutions in the first match. Got it. She was not listed uh, on the team sheet in the second game at Birmingham. Um, and then we have Brianna Smotherman. Um, the scorer of the first goal in uh, C- the return to CFC women. Um, she scored a very nice goal. She is interesting because she's played for two universities that I've mentioned in this uh, in this preview, Reinhardt and Dalton State. Uh, for Reinhardt, uh, she had 13 goals and nine assists in eight ga- in 18 games, which is a quite a good um, return. And she's from Ringgold, Georgia. Uh, she's a senior in the fall. 
and she has moved to Dalton State, where she had 15 goals and three assists. For Dalton, she was the fall Golden Boot winter in her winner, excuse me, winner in her conference. Uh, she's 22. She grew up a CFC fan. She grew up going to CFC games. She's another one of us. She loves the Chattahoo Hooligans. Like this, uh, that yeah, she is. She is we one of us. She it. is one of our own. So, um, so excited to see her. Um, Move from Reinhardt, where she played, I think, uh, three seasons, to Dalton State to finish up her career, to finish up her degree. And uh, very, very excited to see her now for CFC Women. And hopefully she will bang in some more goals. She was not, I believe, in the team uh, in game, the second game in Birmingham, but she started uh, that first game um, in Nashville, and she scored that goal. So hopefully we will see more of her. I think it's very interesting here. As I was saying, before we go back to the the last two players in this list, um, you have Brianna Smotherman, definitely a proven goal scorer at Reinhardt and Dalton State. Uh, you have J- uh, Jackie Montez, a proven goal scorer at Montreat. Uh, and then you have a, a few other players here with a handful of goals um, here and there, here and there. So we haven't seen... Um, Brianna uh, start more than well, she only started the one game, and Jackie hasn't started the game yet. So I wonder if going forward at any point we will see uh, either one of them start, maybe take over that job. Not campaigning for them to do so, just those are players with a pedigree already. That, already politic and argue here. Uh, I'm just that those are players with a pedigree of, of scoring, and I'm and I'm hoping uh, slash thinking they might uh, develop into the uh, goal scorer that we need for the uh, for the women's team to win some games. All right, Matthew, give me these last two players because you have done some good sleuthing. Shout out to the WPSL website. Um, we have two more players that are not listed for Chattanooga Football Club but are listed on the WPSL site, which means they are technically registered with us and cannot play for other WPSL teams uh, and can only play for us is my understanding of those things. If that's not right, yeah. I would rather that be how I've understood things. And uh, <laughs> I, I, will, I will accept no other alternative facts. So, uh, yeah, two players. I just happened to pull up the WPSL site uh, when looking for when looking for something else and noticed two players that did not have a number associated with them uh, that don't appear on, on the CFC website. Um, one of those is Rachel Harden. Uh, she's a goalkeeper. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who this is, to be completely honest, uh, but the sleuthing did reveal there was a Rachel Harden playing goalkeeper at Dalton State uh, and her senior season was, was 2017. Uh, so we're potentially graduated in 2018. Um, and she is registered without a number at, on the correct, um, WPSL yeah. website and not at all listed on the CFC women's site, but someone to keep an eye on because she might be a practice player. She might be, you know, she might not be involved at all. She might've been involved at the beginning and then decided she wasn't going to be on the team, but also she might appear. Also could be just being like an emergency, emergency type goalkeeper in True. case there's some injuries. True. Uh, that's happened. That's happened before players that we didn't announce. Uh, even even in a, in a in a professional match, we had a, uh, a basically an emergency goalkeeper uh, on the bench in the last game of the season at Stumptown. Yes, um, we, who we spoke about in this podcast before. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, it, there's not it's not without precedent. We just don't know what the situation is there. And then we have one more player uh, finished up four years at Covenant College uh, from Dade County originally. It's Kaylee Burrell. Uh, she's a forward, scored a, a lot of goals, actually. 42 goals and 21 assists in four years at Covenant. Hey, I like those numbers. So, uh, again, don't know what the deal is uh, with her with her not being announced by CFC or, or don't even have a number yet. Uh, we just don't know. Maybe we find out. Maybe we don't. But since uh, since she's registered, we wanted to make sure that we mentioned we mentioned her. All right. So, that's is that 30 total players? I mean, uh, math is really hard, but we're close. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You're actually counting, are you? Okay. 
Well, folks, he's actually counting. That is 30 total players, 28 on the CFC website. That includes um, Jasmine as a player coach and uh, the two that are listed on the WPSL site. So 30 players. Um, Matthew, now that we've read that out, I'll, I want to have a few kind of like overall group thoughts. Um, number one, there's a lot of regional players here. There's not, you don't see players here from California, let's say. Um, you don't see players from Michigan. You don't see players from, uh, well, you do see players from Florida. Florida's, I guess, closer. You don't see players from Texas here, right? They're not like, these are, we're not, we're not really spread oh, out. Uh, yeah, here. I'll point out that even the Florida player is, has got, you know, a collegiate connection in, in this area though. Yes. So I think there's a couple things that are interesting to note here. As we go on through the season, um, did we do that because the coach was hired late and that was his network and he was able to bring those players in because he had seen them play and they were available. Um, and so he wasn't able to do enough scouting. Uh, does that change next year? Or is this the kind of the old MPSL style that we did where coach Bill Elliott brought in mostly guys that were local, mostly guys that were from the same conference or, or conferences near here. So he had familiarity with him. It'll be interesting to see how that goes um, this year and next year. Uh, additionally, I think it's important to note that we have several players here that have grown up Chattanooga football club fans um, that understand what it is to be Chattanooga football club that understand what, um, I think at least based on what they've said and what, what I can find out what it means to, to wear the crest, not just um, not just as a summer team that you play for, but as a, you know, something that means something to the community. So I am really, really, really excited for those things uh, and those, and those players. Um, and yeah, I, after doing this research, despite the first two results, not being uh, quite as positive as I, as I would like them to be, I'm actually feeling better about the roster construction and the squad. Um, do you echo any of those things, Matthew? I mean, I, I think it's hard to, I think it's hard to to not see the first two results and remember that that Nashville, our our first opponent this year, is is overwhelmingly, I think, a favorite to be the the conference winners. Uh, they've got you know all American after all American on that team. Uh, they've played together before. Like this isn't this isn't new territory for them, and uh, and and I think. FC, FC Alabama was, was expected to be, you know, one of the other, like probably the other, like, you know, challenger team in, in the conference. So we've gotten, we've gotten two of the, the better teams out of the way on the road early. And um, I think, I think going, going forward, heading into, heading into the home opener this weekend, you know, it's, it's, it's a process. Uh, I remember, I, I, I remember the, the stories. I wasn't there for the first, the first men's game. Uh, in club history, the the three one loss to Atlanta, uh, but it was rough at times. It was it was pretty darn rough. And then I, I was at the second home game. It was a little bit better, and uh, the team did not end up winning the, the winning the conference that that first year in their in their eight games or whatever it was. Uh, but there was some market improvement uh, over time. Players gelling, figuring it out, uh, and and you can bring you can bring. A bunch of players from from some schools that you know where you get these groups of players that know each other, and and that's and that's great and everything. Uh, but it's you got you got to play as the team, you know that. No matter no matter what kind of connections that you have, you know if that if that right back and that if you're if you're the right center back, you're right back and you're one of your sixes and even your winger and your ten, if they're not the players that you've actually been playing with every day. Even though you might have a couple on your team, you know, in your in your position area, 
you don't know how to play with them yet. That takes practice. That takes reps and it takes game reps too. Um, you can only practice so much. Um, you just have to get game minutes and, and that's what, that's where we are at this point. And yes, the season's eight games. Uh, and we're, we're already, you know, a quarter of the way. Is it a quarter? A quarter yeah, of the two, way in. Two's a quarter. Yeah. So, you know, it's this, and this game, this game is both uh, 12.5% of the season and also another opportunity for these players to start really learning how to play with one another. And I, and I think, and I hope that as the, as the midfield and as the defense gets comfortable with one another, knowing where each other is going to be trying to, you know, trying to play good, you know, possession based soccer, I would hope that that means that we were able to keep the ball a little bit more, be able to connect midfield and into the wingers and attackers. And that's how we'll be able to start scoring some goals. Uh, but it often, it often comes with, with defense as the foundation and, and those first balls coming out of defense into the midfield in possession. Uh, and just shoring that up first is, is massively important if you want to play the way Randy wants to play. Uh, and frankly, if you want to, no matter how, what kind of style you play in terms of soccer, like you have to be able to connect that first ball if you want a chance of winning games. Yeah, that is for sure. So two games in, not a lot of tactical analysis is going to mean anything from us. Um, but not that we're not going to still try because we are those idiots. Um, but yeah, Matthew, I think that's all I've got for, uh, for this episode. Um, if you're listening to this the week of uh, the June 1st, June 4th it is the opener. Uh, June 11th, there's a doubleheader. There's four games in a row at home for, for this CFC women's team. Do not miss out. Do not just go to the men's games uh, because you're missing out. And uh, don't just go to the women's games either. Go to both. It's going to be a party, especially on the, the 11th uh, in that doubleheader. So, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, apologies for anything we got wrong. Um, players, families of players, um, if we butchered things, we're sorry. We're, we will gladly make corrections if you let us know. Um, but also, thank you. Thank you for your service to the club. And we can't wait to watch you on Saturday. Matthew, anything else? That's all for me. All right. See you guys.